Welcome to the Give Yourself Permission podcast. I am so excited to take this journey with you. In this show, we'll share how to evolve as a spiritual being while remaining human. We'll learn powerful tools and methods to rewire the brain, heal energy blocks, tap into our intuition, and be our own healers. We'll bring on experts in the field to answer the questions that keep us up at night. And I'll be adding plenty of solo casts so I can share what's worked based on personal experience. All while learning how to write our own permission slip to find our innate wholeness and create a life that's in alignment with our soul's expression. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Adam Sanchez. He's an amazing astrologer. He's the founder of Raw Life Yoga, and he's going to be talking all about the current energies of what is happening right now where we're at in the end of June of 2020. So sit tight. You might even want to take notes on this. He has a lot of really awesome information, whether you're beginning with astrology or you know a ton about it, this episode has tons of gold in it. I asked some questions here that covered my baseline knowledge of astrology, which is essentially I know my natal chart and the time of birth and a couple things here and there, but I don't have a deep dive of it. So if that's like you, you're going to get a lot out of this episode and also be able to use this astrological knowledge to kind of plan ahead for the next six months or so. The beauty of astrology that Adam was going over is that you really can take this knowledge and apply it to your everyday life. So it's a tool for empowerment. It's a way to really understand who you are at a deeper level. Of course, it doesn't mean like, oh, it's written in the stars, so I must have this fate. We do live in a free will universe, and we talk about that in this episode, so it's important to remember. But Adam has a lot of wisdom, and he talks exactly about how he uses astrology as a tool to enhance his everyday life. Tell me about your experience of eclipse season so far. Intense. I have a moon conjunct Jupiter, conjunct Uranus in my first house. So these are strong placements. Jupiter magnifies whatever it touches or comes in contact with. And then Uranus is electricity. (laughs) And um, so there's like this, uh, I I always kind of feel electrified during um, even full moons, sometimes like depending on the month and I think some of the other aspects that show up it will be more intense or less intense, but especially like there are Uranus aspects. I, I don't know if the, I stopped me if I've told you this story before <laughs> where I discovered actually that I could really feel these energies in my body. And it was around the same time that I started to look deeper into astrology. It was a couple of years before I started doing it professionally. And, um, it was, it was a little longer than that, but, um, and so I, I was recognizing that I had this pattern of not falling asleep in some kind of cycle like this, like, you know, sleep has been kind of elusive for me. It's a congenital thing. It's in, it's in my, um, my family, but um, there seemed to be some pattern. So I was like, what is this pattern about? And then I noticed it was coming with the full moons and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I noticed it wasn't all of the full moons. There was something else that was going on. And it was when the moon, the moon and Uranus were in the mix together. And then I realized I was like, oh, well that makes sense. Cause that's in my natal chart. That's in my sort of like innate makeup 
that I might be sensitive to that sort of stuff. And I've always blown out electronics ever since I was a kid, you know, just like touch your TV and boop, just breaks. Like, okay, thanks. <laughs> this is the sort of stuff. So there, there's that sense of electricity in the air for me that kind of keeps me wired late at night. And I'm also naturally a night owl anyway. And then of course, with everything going on with the, you know, the shutdown and just working from home more, it's like, okay, all of those consistency things are kind of like out the window too. So all of those things together is what I've been noticing so far. <laughs> it's an intense time. That's for sure. I think a lot of us are kind of feeling that way where it's just like, you can do all of the things that make you feel grounded and stable, but then you're going to also have like these bursts of energy and like all of the stuff is going to come up and you just got to ride it out. I've been feeling that way in the last couple of days and I noticed, you know, everyone is cyclical to some extent, but kind of going off of what you're saying is what I'm, I'm noticing in myself is I've been having like a lot of energy between just yesterday and today, which is really kind of rare because I'm actually on my moon. It's usually a time where I'm like really kind of slow and intuitive and kind of in creative writing mode, but not really go, go, go. And the last few days, I've had so much energy and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? Where do I channel it? And it's like, if I don't channel it, I feel like it's really easy for me to be distracted because I have so much that I love to get into. So I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I stay in this, this mode of channel, stay grounded, don't distract yourself too much, but you can only do so much, I guess to have that control and, and eventually it's just more of a surrender mode but i'm definitely feeling a lot of different energies right now riding the wave that's so perfectly stated and you know these are like cosmic waves of energy right so we are feeling them in our bodies at least for me so that was the sort of gold nugget of the intro to my story before which is that so so i started to notice those cycles right and i was i was noticing the connection between the earth and the moon and then one day after making that connection I think it might have been the next month or something, or I, I don't remember exactly, you know, at what time frame these things happened in the sequence, but definitely happened like this and that this came next where I was like, okay, wait a minute. I swear to God, I can feel it energy pulling on me right now. Like I, I can feel it. Right. So here's what I did. I sort of located it in my senses, if you will. And, and, and kind of like pinpointed the, the, the source direction. And I, and I pointed at it with my finger. I was like, okay, it's coming from there. And then I went and I downloaded one of those uh, star map apps that, you know, show you like a map of the sky, basically. And it was exactly where I had pointed. Whoa. Walk me through the process where you pinpointed the energy in your body. Okay. So, so it was just like a feeling like from, from my head and my ears and also like internally and viscerally, right? Like as if you're feeling sound coming from a speaker but like more on a subtler level, maybe even like an electric internal nervous system level where you're like feeling the electrical impulses inside. So I pointed basically out, out into, you know, time space to the, the direction like externally, right? And it was like basically like the top left corner of the room or whatever, you know, like if you're entering the room. So okay. I, I pointed in the direction that I felt it, right? And then I looked it up with the map on my phone, the app, and it was in the same spot. Whoa. When was this? 
This was in 2010 during the Uranus-Pluto square. And that's when I learned about the Uranus-Pluto square intimately. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then, of course, Pluto is my chart ruler because I have Scorpio rising. So it's like two of my heavy energies, you know, right there in strong tension along with the moon during like eclipse seasons and full moons. Um, I would notice this. And so I do, I get a lot of creative inspiration, a lot of innovation, a lot of, you know, ingenuity and things. And, and that's all of the energy of Uranus and Aquarius, which we're about to go into also in December with um, Jupiter and Saturn's ingress into Aquarius. So there's a lot of the energy already. It's like, it's, we're electrifying we're, and it's going to kind of keep going. What do you see for the next like six months to year or two, like from knowing all that you know about astrology from that level? Right now we have the nodes of the moon in Sagittarius and in Gemini. The north, the south node is in Sagittarius and the north node is in Gemini. And so um, we just had Venus retrograde in Gemini and uh, she's going to go direct. Actually, is she direct already? I felt the energy shift. I'm actually feeling it shift right now. Whereas like any sort of like romantic sort of interest or situations would have happened. They kind of quieted down, which we've had Venus retrograde for the past 40 days uh, about. And all of a sudden now it's like a flood of possibility in that arena. And it's like, whoa, this is another example of feeling the energies shift, right? And so, no, she hasn't gone direct just yet, but she's about to go direct in a few hours. So in about two hours, she'll be direct. So she's stationing direct right now. And I can already feel the shift in my experience. It's showing up, right? So in any case, other people will see similar things in their own way, in their own right, like whatever's going on in their lives with the Venus energy, which is the feminine, which is our values, you know, our possessions, things, things we care about and, and want to look good and, you know, have the aesthetics and all that Venus related things. So she's about to approach a conjunction with our collective transiting North node and the North node represents destiny. And so the conjunction of them together, which is a few days away, yeah, the moon is going to also get in between. Then they conjunct about a week after on August 3rd. And so there's going to be some sort of destined connections with regards to our relationships and also communication because this is all happening in the sign of Gemini. The North Node is in the sign of Gemini for basically the next year and a half almost, a bit less. But so Gemini and Sagittarius are is the axis of education, humor. It's air and fire, so these are masculine elements, uplifting qualities, right? Lighter than sort of the grounding earth and water. And so there's a lot of, you know, intellectualism with Gemini and then also belief with Sagittarius and faith and religion. Gemini is also education and communication, right? So this is highlighted in this eclipse season as well, the eclipse we just had, because that's where the North Node was. The sun was just a few degrees away at zero degrees Cancer. And so we're also really connecting with everything that's been going on with the world, you know, and the world stage around social justice and the emotions and the deep things that are happening in our communication and our relationship. And so with the Venus retrograde having been there during the eclipse, you know, that signifies that that energy is going to be still with us until the next eclipse cycle is over. We still have one more eclipse coming up on July 4th, which is pretty powerful, I would say, for, uh, you know, American culture the symbolism there. That eclipse is going to be in Capricorn and Cancer. It's going to be another shift that we're going to experience with regards to the structures of our lives and the world and the collective. 
and then, you know, how we feel about those structures in our home and, you know, what emotions and, and uh, kind of nurturance that we want to experience or create. And so these are going to be shifts that are happening during these eclipse cycles. Now, that's the thing about eclipses. It's great that you asked for the six months. I think I mentioned it. Eclipse cycles happen every six months, basically. There's either, they come in either pairs or in three. And normally it's in pairs, but sometimes it's in three. And this last one, or this one we're in right now, we're still in eclipse season, is a three eclipse cycle. We just had two. So that's also powerful. Um, They're not all total eclipses. So that's also kind of why I think that, don't quote me on that one yet, but because they're not total eclipses, it's I think that's why it happens three of them because it's not fully aligned. Um, there is a total solar eclipse coming up in December, and it is just two eclipses, one back to back, and they're two weeks apart. And this is you know repeatable. You'll always see those patterns with eclipse cycles every six months, two weeks apart, solar, lunar, lunar, solar. So we have some shifts coming up, and through the next six months, every eclipse cycle basically sets up the next six months or until the next cycle. We have all of the energy that was going on during this period of eclipses. We're still not done. It's basically when the first eclipse happens, the eclipse season portal opens. And when the last eclipse happens, the eclipse season portal closes. So during that time frame between the first and last eclipse, that energy that you're experiencing is basically energetically setting up the next six months. So we can kind of predict what we'll experience based on what we're experiencing now, but it's going to be more drawn out, more spaced out with greater detail, obviously, because we're talking about fitting a month into six months, right? But then also, you know, there's going to be more subtle nuances of every, you know, individual detail that happens over that six months. But there are some predictable patterns that we can make, like, for example, with Jupiter and Saturn going into Aquarius. Um, Aquarius is a sign of the collective, of humanitarianism, of liberation, of freedom, and also revolution and upheaval and chaos and change. And so with both of those heavy-hitting planets moving into uh, Aquarius at the same time, just as we're going um, out of the last eclipse, which is in uh, December, which is a total solar eclipse, and it's on December 14th. And so major, major shifts on the horizon, massive, and even to the potential of, you know, an American revolution. We can see it already happening, and, and there's more on the way, you know, because Saturn just went into Aquarius. It was retrograde, and now it's actually retrograding. It's leaving Aquarius soon. It's going to go back into Capricorn. So we've already gotten the taste of it, but we're going to get more of it in December, and it's going to get supercharged with Jupiter always expanding what it touches. Okay, so based on what you know about astrology, do you see like upcoming at any point kind of coming back to like a place of stability with everything? Like there's this great upheaval, there's this revolution. You can see that. Like, can you also see when it kind of stabilizes or is that not in the foreseeable future at all? Well, let's take a look and see if we can, you know, find some relative information to answer that question. Mars is going to go retrograde as well soon. Um, Mercury is currently retrograde now until July 13th. Mercury goes direct. So that's going to improve our communications. You know, the fact that Venus went direct or is going direct in a couple of hours is already going to bring some shift and some positivity with regards to all Venusian-related things, money, our values, our relationships, right? So that's already set for improvement. And when they conjunct with Venus and the North Node, that's also going to bring, you know, beauty 
and prosperity and all the blessings that the Venus goddess energy is associated with on a collective level, on a destined level. And, you know, you can look to where Gemini is in your chart. You can figure out the house. You'll find out specifically where that will show up for you personally. We have Uranus in Taurus and Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius and all of that, you know, shock and upheaval. And so Taurus is all that stability stuff. You know, it's also what Venus rules and also, you know, rules money and gold and resources. And so, you know, there is going to be some change, a lot of change around all of those sort of stable aspects of life for a while. But there's always ebbs and flows, right? There's the waves of energy and different things and, and different times. With, uh, you know, the Jupiter energy going into Aquarius, Aquarius is, is liberation and freedom. So there's, you know, good potentials on the horizon. The thing that I say the most about all of it is it's always up to us, you know, more than anything. Like, what are we choosing to do with these energies that are showing up? And how are we choosing to channel them, just like you said? That's the most important thing I can say to answer that question in terms of, like, stability and support and things. But there are signs that we can see. And with all of the retrograde energies that we have um, now, Jupiter's retrograde, Pluto is retrograde, Saturn is retrograde, Neptune just went retrograde a couple of days ago. And so we've had all these planets retrograde and then thankfully Venus is about to go direct and then Mercury will go direct soon and that will help. But then shortly after Mars is going to go retrograde. And then starting in September, Jupiter goes direct. And so it's direct in Capricorn and that should help to make the structures that we do have improve their lot because with the Jupiter retrograde energy, it's like Jupiter's expansion is a little bit hindered or just sort of like the benefits and the things that we're manifesting might feel a little bit delayed or like as an undercurrent, an undertow, not quite moving forward with the momentum they were while it was direct. And so once it goes direct on September 13th, it's going to bring more of that positive, you know, inspirational forward moving energy into the structures of our lives. And so there, you know, you could expect maybe some greater ease or some blessings to show up around that time. And then it's just a few days later, actually, when Saturn also goes direct in Capricorn and Pluto also goes direct in Capricorn a few days after that. And we also have some good news with this next eclipse coming up too. We're still not even out of the eclipse cycle. So what are we doing with these potentials and, and this energy? I mean, thinking of it, it could be a love revolution, right? It doesn't have to be a riot revolution. It's up to us how we're going to channel these energies. Venus going direct, things are about to get easier around our communication and our relationships. And with all that Aquarian energy coming in the future, we can be sure that there's a freedom available to us that's on its way. But it's like we're getting to be mature enough to communicate about this in our relationships, right? We've had a lot of shadow stuff from the past holding us back and doing the whole divide and conquer thing and no, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm superior. No, I'm superior. And all of this just infighting and the Aquarius energy is about the collective, right? Like coming together as a community. And so we have the opportunity and we're seeing it now play out. I believe, you know, with, with the black lives matter movement and, you know, addressing systemic racism and, and talking about equality, right? All of these things, humanitarian ideals, civil rights, human rights. This is very much a part of the Aquarius energy. And with all the miscommunications and the misunderstandings and like they're bringing stuff up from the past that's related to Venus retrograde, because it happened during this eclipse season, we're going to have that also extrapolate throughout the next six months. So the next six months is an opportunity for us to heal these, you know, miscommunications and these divisions in our relationships and our connections and really come together and rise into a new collective freedom 
Beautiful. I'm looking forward that to that. Opportunity. You know, we have that opportunity. And so it's, it's up to us to choose that. Or do we want, you know, the other potentially lower aspects of Uranus? Can I ask you a question for some of our listeners who probably aren't overly familiar with astrology and maybe just have like a baseline knowledge of it? We hear about Mercury in retrograde and all the other planets in retrograde a lot. Can you just kind of explain it? Like, what exactly does that mean? And is it always about like, oh, no, we should hide under a rock because this planet's in retrograde? Like, what does that actually mean? Yeah, it's a great question, you know, because there's often a lot of misunderstandings around these kinds of things um, where people just hear one thing about it. And they assume that one thing is true. And so, you know, that doesn't leave any space for the dynamism or the nuance of the experience, right? That's the problem with words in general. Um, but with a retrograde, I like to think of it like that energy wave, right? I mean, we can think of the moon cycles, full moon, new moon, right? And how we feel in our bodies with those cycles, how we feel emotionally, because the moon represents emotions and feeling and water and intuition and all of that. Um, and so we have similar cycles with retrogrades and planets kind of moving forward in, in their direction and apparently backward. It's like when you're driving on the highway and you pass a car and it looks like it's going behind you backwards, but it's just a different relative speed, right? That's, that's basically what's happening with retrogrades. Um, but experientially, we're talking about, you know, feeling a sort of energetic current maybe deflate or lessen or, you know, become more muted. And I like to use the analogy of an undertow or a current in water. It's like when you're at the beach and then you feel this wave pull you backwards, even though you're swimming forward, right? It's still kind of pulling you backward. And then eventually the next wave comes and pushes you forward. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of like what a retrograde is. It's like this energy is pulling you back. And then when it goes direct, it pushes you forward. So what is your best advice when we are in that energy of being pulled back? So with, with the retrograde energy, I would say the best advice is to trust and know that it's temporary and that it's a time to revisit, revise, review, and revalue, right? Retrogrades are about the re. And so mm -hmm. if we're doing that and just understanding that that's part of the cycle and being aware of it, that can be really beneficial, especially if we're doing so mindfully, right? Like understanding that the energies associated with that planet are maybe, you know, muted or diminished. And so it's like during Mercury retrogrades, it's not the best time to sign a contract, for example, because most likely the details will change after Mercury goes direct. So, you know, you don't necessarily want to have to have extra work for yourself, right? It's not to say that you can't sign a contract or it's never a good idea. That's too absolute because maybe sometimes you don't have that option or maybe that's not even what's necessary. Um, there are people who say, you know, never do anything new in a Mercury retrograde, but then, you know, I just had a new uh, project uh, work-wise that happened that was, uh, you know, a total success with these eclipses, you know, dance event, and it was beautiful and it was brilliant and it was during a retrograde, um, you know, Venus retrograde cycle. So also I started uh, my first online class, right? This is the day Venus went retrograde. Ironically, though, the class had to be rescheduled for two days later. And then I'm like, oh, interesting. Mercury, uh, Venus retrograde in Gemini, Mercury's sign, has a little bit of a flavor similar to Mercury retrograde. I was like, okay, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that one, but it made sense. So yeah, just be mindful about how those energies can show up and, and the energies of the planet. So in the case of Venus, be careful and cautious and patient with your relationships, right? And also your money. And like, that's, you know, the time to reevaluate re those things with just kind of like a patient observer's perspective and understand that once the cycle is over, then you'll be in a new place regarding those things, right? Naturally, as a result of these cycles. 
And then Mercury is more about communication, right? Our thoughts, all of those, you know, electrical impulses internally in the nervous system. And that's why with Mercury retrogrades, it's good to give yourself a little extra time for travel. Probably there will be miscommunications, delays. I've seen a whole bunch of miscommunications. I've experienced a few of them myself. <laughs> I've, I've contributed to them, a few of them myself. Been seeing, you know, problems with my internet, especially today. Even my nervous system, <laughs> my body was super tired today, which is interesting. And I said that today because today was Wednesday. Wednesday is Mercury's day. Every day has a planet. And so, you know, there are these connections that show up. So just understanding some of the symbols, at least if you can just connect with one symbol and just like relate to that, not in a rigid way, but more like a playful, explorative way and see how that might be showing up somewhere in your life in a similar symbolic fashion. I love it. I I think it's so interesting. And from what I'm understanding you saying is the system using astrology as a whole, like really provides a lot of insight and that allows you to navigate through this reality with that kind of almost an upper hand and knowing what to be aware of. And I'm just curious, could you just give your backstory? Like how did you get into astrology? And then in what ways does it help you in your personal life? And how do you use it to kind of navigate through life the best way? Because someone like me, who's, you know, I've dabbled in this very casually. I don't know that much about it. Like I said, like I know about Mercury retrograde and my rising and my ascendant and some of my natal chart, but like as far as what is happening in current times and how to use it, like how could your basic listener like apply this into their life and really use it to empower themselves? So I have a lot of questions for you to answer at once. That is a lot. Yeah, all at once. Um, We'll see. I'll try my best to, to, to answer them as much as I can. Tell me first where you got into it, how you got into it. Well, I was always interested in it. But I didn't necessarily resonate with it entirely because, yeah, I'm a, a Virgo sun sign and I felt that. But it turns out there's a lot more to the picture that I, you know, is very different. And, um, you know, obviously there was um, a resonance missing for me, too. I'd gotten um, one uh, chart reading done electronically online. I think I was about 19. And it had a lot of uh, resonance as well. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I just kind of like put it in the back of my mind and didn't go any further with it until much later when I was about 26, 27, it was 2011, and I had my first uh, like live professional astrology reading from an astrologer. And he told me things about my full natal chart that I had no idea existed. Uh, you know, the rising sign, the moon, and then all of the other planets, and they're all very important, you know. So having the big picture, it provided such a context for my life. It made sense. It explained everything. I even cried. I was like, wow. He just he just told my whole life, you know. I mean, I'm a sensitive guy, so I'll cry sometimes for, like, happy things. And that's what it was, you know. It was a very beautiful experience to feel so seen and recognized in ways that I was even coming to terms with at the time and not fully confident with. And to hear it, you know, reflected back was a, a huge, you know, inspiration, right? So, so that's why it was a very emotional experience for me. But um, yeah, I was hooked at that point And I started to study and learn as much about it as I could. And then finally, you know, seven years later, I realized that I wanted to do it professionally. I, I said, you know, it's helped me so much in my life and understand myself, right? Temet no se, if you, you know yourself, you, that's where the, your empowerment is, right? By knowing yourself, self-knowledge. Um, and so then, of course, with the, the charts, and once you get into the transits and understanding what's currently happening as it relates to you and your personal makeup, then you can start to even predict things and say, okay, this is a cycle for my rest, or this is a cycle for my work, or this is a cycle for 
my relationships. And you can start to even predict these things to down to the dates, you know, you don't necessarily need to even predict like the exact experience about what's going to happen. And you can't even necessarily do that because we do still have free will. Um, but we have the potential to navigate these waves with conscious awareness and use them to our advantage, right? So part of the reason why I believe the event to be so successful was because it was on an eclipse, right? I cho we chose that day consciously because I wanted the eclipse energy to feed it. It was like, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit of a, a wizard in that way. Like, you know, I practiced Wicca as a teenager and I understand that these cycles mean something, right, energetically. So, you know, being aware of them and, and starting to learn your own chart and then, you know, learn some of the symbols about what's currently happening can really give you, like you said, an upper hand in terms of, you know, planning, just planning your life. And also, of course, that the self-recognition of your own soul journey, because that's what the astrology chart represents. It's like your astrological fingerprint. And it also is your map as well. Like, where is your soul going? What is it carrying? What are gifts? What challenges? Like, these things are invaluable information. And then how, how to use them? Yeah, just, you know, Start to notice the archetypes, learn yourself, learn other people's charts too, if you can, you know, in your relationships. It's massively helpful in relationships to connect with the chart of yourself and another individual because then you also know what you're dealing with in that relationship. And you can have a really great idea of the compatibilities or the incompatibilities, you know, and the lessons, the lessons that the relationship will bring, the challenges that will bring, there's an objectivity to it. There are generalizations too, that's true, they might not always fit, but there will definitely be a lot of accuracy within some of those generalizations, if not many, and we can use those to guide the process, you know? Thank you so much for telling us all your wisdom that you've gained from this amazing system. I heard a quote once from a friend who told me that astrology for her was like the best life coach because mm. it let her be more aware of certain patterns and what to, to be on the lookout for. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. By, by far, yes. And there's even deeper levels. You know, I've gotten a little bit into Vedic astrology. I'm looking into zodiacal releasing, which is very predictive. And it does beg the question, like, okay, is there free will if we can look at destiny and make these kinds of predictions? I haven't gotten into the expertise of that level yet enough to understand exactly how it works. But I do know mm -hmm. that it, um, I, on my 30th birthday, I came across some Vedic astrological information that pointed out on the day, and this was like, you know, my Saturn return, basically, right, 28, 30 years. And it's a hard time. Saturn is like hard lessons, things you need to let go of that are holding you back to, you know, achieve mastery in something. And I was laid out on my back, was having more back problems that I, you know, thought were, were better and they were for a time. But then, you know, back to the sort of basics of square zero, like nothing. Laid out on my back, could barely move. And I'm like, this is my 30th birthday. It's like, wow. And so, I don't know. I also kind of had this sense. This was before I came to the, the realization of Uranus's, you know, location and that level of sensitivity. But I was also, you know, intuiting, having these sensations and inner feelings about these things being real. And I was like, you know what? I want to look into the Vedic. I knew it was more predictive and I would manage to find a website online i can't find it again but it was really great because it also gave the interpretations as well as like the basic information so it went and it described my life on a year-by-year -year basis basically and it started off by saying the first 30 years of this year's life will be hard and i just started bursting out in laughter i was like oh my god that makes sense finally <laughs> <laughs> what a relief exactly validation right and there's this a wise golden-eared astrologer who said to me, 
the charts don't lie. I was like, ooh, that is right. They do not. <laughs> People may lie to themselves about the charts, but the charts don't lie. It's, it's kind of an objective thing. It's being able to interpret it. So astrology is in that sense like a language. It's very much a language, actually. Oh, I love that. And I think it's so easy to like really be in denial and kind of bypass certain things that you might not want to look at. So it's like, mm, actually, you got to address this. It's like not going to let you hide in that sense. Which might be yeah, painful, but I think at the end is probably for the best. Yeah, and it's objective. It's right there in front of your face, you know, so. Exactly. Um, so another question I have for you, and I think that a lot of people can probably relate who would be listening to this, is the Saturn return. Um, I went through mine a few years ago. Sometimes I hear that it might be like into the 30s as well. Can you just dive into that a little bit and tell me, like, what does it mean? When do you have it? What's the purpose of it? Absolutely. The typical Saturn cycle is about 28 and a half years, but it can be longer, can be 30. You know, this, these cycles aren't always exact because there is a little ebb and flow. So there's a little bit of variation. Like Venus is normally retrograde for 40 days, but this time it was a little bit longer. And it was, yeah, it was a little bit longer. So it's, it, can, it can shift a little bit. And so that's part of the variability that you were talking about. You know, it also does, again, depend on our choices, right? Like, are we working with the Saturn energy? And the Capricorn energy, the career energy, the structured 10th house energy of, you know, doing the same thing every day, doing the nine to five. And like, that's not to say that you have to do all of those things or it has to look exactly one way, but are you committed to your goals and the structures that you're building in your life, right? That's the question that Saturn asks of us basically at Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And so are you doing that when you're 28, 29, 30? Are you actually maturing or are you holding on to things that are holding you back? And so depending on how you choose to relate to this energy will also depend on how long you experience it because Saturn's not going to let you get away with it and you're going to have to do it and it's going to be easier or harder and you're basically the one to choose, right? It's like, are you, do we want to do this the easy way or do you want to do this the hard way? That's another thing that Saturn will say to us, right? So, um, so it can show up in a variability of, of, of 20, excuse me, 28 and a half to 30 years, but then even you can feel it you know, with every seven years because it's about a quarter of a Saturn cycle. So it's squaring and those squares are, are tension points um, in the energetics. And so you can also feel those cycles like every seven years on a smaller degree, right? So there's a lot of um, connectivity and interconnectedness with all of this stuff because it is holographic and it is all connected. It is all one, you know, the universe is us and we are the universe and all that's true. And the astrology chart is a reflection of that. Again, it's like our, you know, energetic, galactic fingerprint if you will there's there's soul lessons and you know the the gifts and the challenges that we came in with it's all there in the chart too and in the planetary energies so yeah it makes it makes all the difference in the world i was just gonna say that's so interesting because i know that like from a human standpoint where people aren't even bringing in astrology into the mix the upper 20s is when you start to really get serious about life in general and you're like okay i'm not a 20 something like i'm get serious like where is my life going what am i doing and then by the time you hit 30 like when i hit 30 i was like oh my gosh i'm out of my 20s what am i doing where am i going kind of like this whole reassessment phase of who you are and what you want your life to stand for and it's just so cool that it's actually like oh yeah that's explained with saturn return like yeah that's 
Of course, it's written in the stars already. I love that the human side of things is perfectly in alignment with the astrological side of things as well. Another question I have for you is, can you just run through quickly, like what does it mean to have your sun, moon, and rising? So the sun represents our conscious mind, the radiant masculine force or the yang energy, right? And the moon represents our intuitive mind or the feminine internal feeling mother energy. And the rising or the horizon also as well as ascendant is what's on our perspective, what's on our view, like what is our vision in the world for the world? Like how do we perceive the world and even how the world can perceive us, how we can be seen? So, you know, you think about like what's on your horizons, right? Like that's the ascendant. And so they're each different expressions of these astrological energies or, you know, they show up different ways, right? The masculine, the, the feminine, and then this, you know, neutral, but also very powerful perspective. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, the main components of the chart. And then, you know, you have Venus's relationships and the feminine and Mars's masculinity and action and, Mercury's communication in our mind, you know, goes so on and so forth, which with each of the planets, Jupiter's expansion, Saturn is contraction, and Neptune is spirituality, Pluto is death and rebirth. So these are the major players. Wow, there's so much in that. Okay, so now I have to ask a little bit about myself. We talked about this last time we talked also, but I'm just curious, what would you say, just using like, again, the sun, the moon, the rising, like I'm a Cancer sun, and then I'm an Aries and an Aries. Aries moon, Aries rising. Could you tell me what that exactly, not exactly, but like give me a little bit of detail of what that means? I know I have the nurturing energy of the cancer. As far as I know, like Aries is very like kind of a little bit stubborn and almost confrontational at times. Genetics can show up in an infinite amount of ways. Mm-hmm. There's also different octaves or expressions of the same energies, right? So you could say that the Aries energy could be a bit self-directed, but you could also say it's a leadership quality. And so it depends on us how we choose to express those energies, right? Are we expressing it from our higher self? Are we expressing it from a lower self place? So that's where our choice really matters. But the patterns will still have, you know, some, some similarities. And with the rising, you know, it's like, okay, the energy of that sign is going to be really on your perspective, right? So, so with the Aries rising, you're going to be really focused on what it is that's right for you. And that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. It could mean that you might step on some toes along the way because you're just not as aware of the sort of Venus opposite house, you know, seventh house, Aries first house is the same thing. And so Venus and the seventh house you know, ruler of Libra and relationships and balance and fairness, it's like those things might be a blind spot for you because that's on the descendant, right? Which is the opposite side of the chart where the sun sets. And so it's just not, you know, for me, I have Taurus on my descendant, right? Scorpio is my rising. So I have that shrewd Scorpion ability to see down to the depth of things like beyond the surface, right? Scorpio's depth. And then Taurus, which is like the earth material possessions and all those things have always really kind of eluded me. (laughs) And it's like, oh yeah, money issues my whole life because of Venus retrograde and Taurus under my descendant. Oh, that makes sense. And so now that, you know, I've mature and the retrograde energy is not as strong, it's improved and those things are shifting. So there are different cycles and potentials of energy as well. So then, you know, when we go into the transits, we can find out more personal information about our process. But um, having the foundation and the grounding of like what we're dealing with is the key in terms of like the relative understanding of what we're going to be meeting or maybe arising to. 
And then the moon is the emotional feeling. So you said Cancer Sun, right? Conscious mind is really focused on caring for others. And then, you know, the moon and the rising. So you're feeling though, and your perspective might be a little bit more focused on, you know, your vision and what you want to pioneer in the world because Aries is that initiating energy. It's just going to be a mix. It's a mix that you're here to explore and experience in this incarnation. And that's what you came here for, basically. So just kind of roll with it and just, you know, identify it alongside of what your intentions and your goals and your process are. And, you know, you'd have the best use of that information. Awesome. That's so cool. And you mentioned earlier on in our conversation that like, this is a free will universe, right? So like none of these things are here to put a label on you or put you in a box. It's just things that you can be aware of to use to get you closer towards your authentic self. Is that what you would say? Well said, in fact, yes. And that's part of our soul's journey, right? We came in here with a purpose. So to know that, then we're looking to the North Node and our destiny in our personal chart. And then, you know, the Midheaven too will tell us about our career and our work in the world. Yeah, we want that information, right? To be able to align with it versus resist it and maybe get lost in the material world that might have something contrary to say, you know, or someone else's authority that might try and overtake us. And it's like, well, no, this is my my path right here. This is this is what it says. Look, look at that. And that's a deep spiritual lesson, I think, just on a human level also, just even you know, talking to different people who might have like the best of intentions for you, but if you're constantly getting advice externally and you're going off of that advice as the best thing for you to do, it's not always going to be the best thing. Like you really have to sit and feel into your own energy and your heart. And like, what is that telling you? And learn how to listen to the inner guidance system first and foremost, and everything else can be a great addition to that, but not necessarily the end all be all. So that's a personal lesson that I am learning lately. Yeah, I think we're all learning that one on some level. Yeah, I believe it. What about, is there anything like any key takeaways that you would like to to tell the listeners before we kind of wrap it, everything up? Yeah, just consider it an exploration. You know, Sagittarius is the sign of higher education, right? Along, along with Gemini, but Sagittarius is more like universal truth and philosophy and, and kind of like more broad thinking, right? Like bigger thoughts and, and not necessarily trying to find answers or come to one right conclusion, but considering all the possibilities. That's the energy of also the centaur, which Sagittarius represents, right? The archer. And if we can explore it with that energy, we're actually accessing the, the teachings of astrology with this, which the centaurs would teach, right? The centaurs would study the stars and they would teach astrology. Just, just exploring and playing with the symbols and understanding, you know, we're trying to understand and not getting too fixed on any one way and thinking more broadly, right? Looking at the bigger picture. And when we start to look at our chart, that naturally happens. And we also, when we look at the current chart and you just go to planetwatcher.com, right? It'll tell you the current chart and, and you'll see where the planets are and start to relate to those things in a personal way. It's like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm feeling this way. The moon is here. Oh, that's right where my rising is. No wonder I'm feeling kind of emotional or moody or, or you know, some kind of like connection between those energies. And just, you know, just, just play with it, have fun with it, you know, and um, stay open-minded and it will grace you with a lot of wisdom if you just keep that open mind. Awesome. And one more time, what was the website? So that's called uh, planetwatcher.com. Perfect. And we can link that in the show notes as well as 
as well as how to find you and connect with you, Adam, what do you think is the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to get a reading? The best way to reach out to me would be to send me an email to info at raw life yoga. And they can also check out my website with the same name, raw life yoga, like raw food, raw truth. And, um, there's also an Instagram by the same name. So those are some great ways to connect with me. And, uh, yeah. Um, thank you so much for creating this space for this conversation. It was, uh, it's always a pleasure to share in my passion of astrology with others. And I think it's so cool and just really supportive, honestly, you know, to give us kind of like some objective feedback about where we are and where we're headed with regards to this, these larger planetary patterns and cycles. Thanks so much for coming on. I think conversations like this are so powerful. I'm glad that we got to connect. Last thing, I don't know if you're interested at all in angel cards or fairy cards, but I have my deck of fairy cards and I'd love to pull one for you. Absolutely. I love the angel cards, the Doreen Virtue ones. So this is actually, it's a by a lady named Karen Kay. And I'm going to tell you the quick story is I had, okay, I'm going to give me maybe too much detail, but basically I had this download years ago um, about Rise Sister Rise, right? The name, I don't know if you've ever heard of Rebecca Campbell, but she's an amazing healer, intuitive. She's written a couple books, one being Rise Sister Rise. And I just had, I heard the name at one point and I was like, went to go Google it and it's a book. So I'm like, okay, let me read this book. So I listened to it. I loved it. Love her. So I went to go buy her cards and I bought the cards and then like a day or two later they come and it's this card deck, which is called Oracle of the Fairies by Karen Kay. So it's like clearly the wrong one. And I'm like, what hmm. is this? So I actually, I, it was beautiful, but I was like, well, no, I really like that book. So I'm going to return it. So I returned it. And reordered the the other cards well guess what returned to me no way <laughs> the same fairy cards twice yeah and no the way. crazy thing was i had just gotten back to the usa from like living in asia for the year and last year i had this place and there was a garden in front and i called it the fairy garden and there used to be like dragonflies and butterflies and all of these things just this beautiful essence of like garden fairies all over so i was really connecting with that energy like okay this is clearly a sign that these are my fairy cards these are the ones that are going to stick with me i'm going to travel the world with them so that's the story so these are really special to me I love the, the fairy energy. Like my mom, I believe is like some kind of fairy. <laughs> she would totally say the really? same. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, we have them or something, right? I mean, that they say that creative people tend to have fairies. Um, and I never even identified myself as a creative person when I was younger. At this point in my life, I have to admit, yes, <laughs> it's there. So maybe I have a fairy. Absolutely. You know, who knows? Absolutely. I feel connected, feel connected to that energy strongly. Yeah. It's a beautiful energy. So let's see what the fairies have in store for you today. I'm just going to pull a card and let's find out. Okay, so this one is Hidden Depths. Something hidden is about to come to light, perhaps a secret or memory at the back of your mind. When we expose what's hidden, we can become free. Mm, I love it. I will send you over a picture of the actual, like I have a little booklet attached and it's a little bit longer. Let me know in the next couple of days what, what happens if that resonates at all. I'm curious sure. to know. Sure.
Yeah, yeah. Please send me the the like a screenshot of it too, or a photo. I will send you a picture of it, Adam. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, and thank you for like staying up so late and talking. I'm sure you're probably like ready to go to sleep. It's like what? Oh, you're so funny. I'm ready to to eat something for sure, and then probably maybe go to sleep. We'll see. I took that nap during the day. I would like some sleep, but I'm actually not that tired. So it was a pleasure. (laughs) Um, I'm glad that we got this opportunity to connect and talk. I love your perspective. I think you have so much wisdom to share. And so I'm really glad and excited that you're doing these podcasts because I think it's going to contribute a lot to the collective conversation. So many good insights from today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Adam and you got to learn a little bit more about astrology. You are so supported. Energy update. You are so loved. See you in the next episode. You are already whole and you are divine. Talk to you soon.